0: we're going old school. What is going on, everyone out there on the interwebs? It's Jeremy, a.k.a. Ruler 22 coming live from 45 minutes outside of Chicago. And welcome to volume number 9, right? 9 eight. of 8. See, I'm already fucking up. Of the Mini Shots show. Yeah, buddy. I am joined by the Smelly Mexican himself, JP. And today's show, we have some fun stuff planned for you guys we'll be talking about some uh stuff that's been going on this week with the release of happy death day and we'll be talking about glass and the results of our box office brawl that we posted over on the facebook page facebook.com search bar 22 shots of moods and our podcast and we'll be doing some what we watched and a little bit of a feature review on the 89 slasher film intruders and then we'll be finishing off the show with a uh, full-length review on david lynch's lost highway which is really just a noir film but still be a uh, interesting conversation so jp what a depressing day in football it was today man (laughs) oh my god what a fucking Another Tom Brady. Three years in a row. We gotta fucking watch Tom Brady.
1: I know it's rough. Ugh. It's rough. as As a Pittsburgh Steeler fan, as the fan of a team that has the most Super Bowl wins in Super Bowl history. Granted, I know everybody says, "Well, you haven't done anything lately," and yeah, we haven't. Uh, it's been ten years. Uh, it's been eight years. Nine years since our last Super Bowl appearance. Uh, which we lost to the Green Bay Packers. But, you know, I take pride in the fact that, that in the entire, you know, history of the Steelers organization, you know, we've consistently every, you know, decade or two have Super Bowl wins. Like, that's that's important to me. So I can see where people are saying, like, well, that's the shit of the past, so you shouldn't be focused on it. But at the same time, what's the sense of being a fan of a team if you're not gonna take into consideration all of what the team has done, it's every year it's different players and stuff. So were you only a fan of that year's team? So um, yeah, I mean it, it sucks to see Tom Brady as a Steelers fan get closer and closer over and over again to that six Super Bowl. He already passed uh, Terry Bradshaw, who had four Super Bowl um, wins. Yep. Tom Brady got his fifth, and now he's looking to get. You know that already makes him the you know quarterback with the most Super Bowl wins, um, and he's probably
0: going to win. To be honest, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not. If they're not the favorites going in, just because Brady's yeah. the greatest of all time, and yeah. just like Michael Jordan, he always wins. So
1: yeah, well, I mean, my, I had a lot of problems with the game. I really hate the overtime rule. How yeah. it comes down to that coin toss. Kansas City's defense was so tired by that point, and you yeah. know, I'm sure New England's defense was really tired too. So I would like at least to see both quarterbacks get a chance to touch the ball instead of it just being one uh, QB. But, you know, it, it is the way that it is. You know, congrats. It's just interesting Warriors that,
0: again. that, <laughs> that uh, Mr. Andy Reid decided not to call a timeout when they were on the two-yard line I just to know. give the guys a break because you could tell they were fucking exhausted. And it's like, you know, you're probably going to lose the game at this point. So it's why wouldn't you call a timeout just to
1: – yeah. Yeah, it's not like you need to conserve them.
0: Yeah, at this point. yeah, I mean, they're on so, the two-yard line, and it's first and goal. But Tom Brady in the clutch on third down, once again, you know, like, what, I mean, three third and tens he converted on that drive? You can't to beat
1: Tom Brady if you're not getting pressure. Like, he had so much time to make those third down plays, and, you know, that's, that's one of those things where it's really hard to beat Tom Brady, even a you know, 41 or 40 year old Tom Brady without a, you know, um, defense that can, can pressure heavily in those situations. So, um, I mean, I, I'm not surprised at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, you'd be dumb to be surprised if Tom Brady makes it to a Super Bowl by this point. I'm not happy, but you know, I can't take it away from him. He's, he's the best, you know what I mean? Yep. So the best win sometimes, but last year, I would have loved to see that game. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, me too. Kansas City versus LA 2 would have been awesome. But you know, whatever. Uh I'll still watch the Super Bowl. I'll probably still enjoy it unless Tom Brady and this damn Patriots win again, but um hopefully it'll be a good game. That's that's really what I, I hope for, but yeah.
0: And the refs blew the first game too.
1: I this mean, a I weird thought there was day. bad calls all over the place. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, yeah, that that was definitely a blown call, but that did not affect the interception that was thrown in overtime by Drew Brees.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they probably wouldn't have lost the game at that point. It would have been first down and goal with like a minute left, or however much time it was. So they would probably would have scored there either way, and they wouldn't have even went to overtime. So the interception probably wouldn't have happened if that
1: call wasn't blown. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You never know. Um, but yeah, I just <laughs> want to say
0: before we go into happy Death day too, Uh thanks everybody for the kind comments over on the Facebook page and the Patreon this week supporting us during this little bump in the road and uh, keep on supporting us over there on the Patreon and nobody left. So I guess me and JP did a semi OK job until it... we keep talking and we yes. suck even more. So.
1: so here's the other thing about that. So. Um, Because the show was not posted on Moods' YouTube channel, I know that a high percentage of our listeners listen there. So, like, some people might not even know what's going on still, you know? So, we'll just say it. Like, Moods has uh, ran into some life stuff, and he has to take a break from the show. We don't necessarily feel like doing an episode without him, so we're doing you know, these mini versions of episodes for the mini shots, which was created for whenever we were on hiatus. Um, and it, if he comes back sooner rather than later, then good stuff will be back on track. If it takes him longer, then we'll reassess and figure out what we want to do. Uh, but as of right now, uh, you're just going to get us to um, until further notice. So uh, we appreciate, I mean, it seemed like people enjoyed the episode, which makes me happy. Um, I, I know that the Patreon people are, you know, the hardcore of hardcore listeners. So, um, they have probably heard this by now. Um, and the other people that listen probably don't even know anything's different. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like Just we probably get... think we're taking a break or something. Yeah. Cause the people from the, um, like the download from the iTunes feed and, and, you know, the, the RSS feed, they, uh, probably know because they probably listened to the latest episode um but moods uh youtube channel like those people probably will come back and they won't even know anything happened
0: <laughs> unless we talk about it which you probably will but yeah yeah all right jp so you want to talk about this news that came in revolving happy death day and the release getting pushed back a day or well, forward a day
1: forward yes so um you know, instead of doing, like, full-blown news segments, we're just kind of picking anything that's kind of maybe a little interesting. And yep. I-, I thought this was interesting because of its controversy. Uh, so basically, mm-hmm. I just seen a bunch of people complaining and then a bunch of people combating those complaints with basically calling people assholes. And I was like, what's going on here? I didn't know why it got moved. I had read that it got moved before do I st- read why. Do
0: you still not know or no? Now I know. Okay. Yeah, it's so cool. weird. It's weird that they did that. I'm not. I can't remember a film moving their release date. I mean, I understand it's different times and you know things like this. This hasn't really had to happen before in the past where we have studios are having to adapt to the culture. current of you know, and culture and and, it's and the culture. Yeah, that's it's just like is. everybody's too. Not to offend anybody, what happened this is a horrible thing, and what's happened to. Anybody who was involved in a school shooting is a horrible thing. I just think everybody turns into a bunch of pussies and now they're afraid to, you know, do anything without trying to offend somebody in somewhere. So, I mean, to, to break ahead. it
1: down and tell them what actually happened, for those of you who might not know, is um, one of the fathers of a uh, shooting that happened last so year in Parkland, Florida, uh basically came out and pleaded with um, Universal slash Blumhouse to change the – to basically be more sensitive in in this situation. Because their release date was actually on the 14th, which is the, – or the uh, – yeah. It was yeah, the, the 14th. 14th. Yeah, it was on the 14th, which is the anniversary, the one-year anniversary of that shooting. Yeah. And while I understand, I feel absolutely horrible for this person. Yeah. Um, that, you know, he lost someone that he loves greatly in a stupid thing that should never have happened. My thought process behind this, I don't care that it's moved like that doesn't bother me. It's that it's not that like, Hey, we get it a day early, whatever. That doesn't matter to me at all. It's still going to be out on Thursday too. What does the debut actually have to do with it? You know what I mean? A day before, Mm -hmm. a day after, a week after, it's still coming out. You know what I mean? It's it's if if what's bothering you is the fact that there's this film called Happy Death Day to you, which is very coincidental and and unfortunate that that's the title of this film and you know the event, like that title is going to remind you of that incident no matter where when it comes out, and what I get worried about is that. Yeah, th- in this situation, doesn't matter. One day earlier, who cares? But the yep. fact that in another situation, it might matter more. Or it might stop a film from coming out altogether. And that's where my concern comes in. Because here's the thing, man. Like, is he going to feel less bad? Is this gentleman going to feel less bad? He's still going to be just as torn up about it,
0: regardless.
1: Mm-hmm. So, and what's to say that somebody else's mother didn't die on the day before there. You know, and and they don't want it to come out. Like so, and that's not happening and it is hypothetical and I get like, well, you shouldn't really care, you know, care too much about hypotheticals, but at the same time, it just worries me whenever the you know, culture has influence on on our films, the films that we get. The I just don't I just want that to be separate, period. Yeah. I don't want there to be a No matter what the reason is, I don't want them to be able to affect film. Because film is one of those freedom of speech type of uncensored things that I love. Like, I want it to be as uncensored and pure as possible. And in this situation, does not matter, don't care whatsoever, I can't stress that enough. But in other situations, this opens the door for other situations, situations in which I'm not even sure what they could be. But I know that there could be some negative situations that come in these situations. And I say this with like you know, Polaroid. <laughs> well, that's a different situation. But but I, I'm saying that I, I'm not being and I almost last minute want, I was going to say it to like, let's not even talk about this, because yeah. no matter how you come out and on this if you're in my stance you're yeah. going to come off like the insensitive jackass yeah. but in reality i would just never do that like i know that the world moves on i know that the world is not catering to me it's unfortunate what happened i'm sorry that that happened to you or me or whoever but at the end of the day the world should not subscribe to your needs it's just not the the rest of the world it doesn't it it, it just because it happened to you doesn't mean that the rest of us uh, it happened to, too. Like, we still move on. Just like what traumatic things happened in my life didn't happen to Jeremy. So he's not going to uh, dictate his entire life based on my, my you know, situation. and and, yeah. and that's not this case, necessarily. It's not this case. It's just the mentality that I'm talking about. I don't have that mentality where if something reminds me of something tragic, then it does. It just does. There's nothing, there's no reason that I would ever go and try to get other people to not do that. Like, um, it's like
0: documentaries that talk about like, I'm just going to say like crime documentaries. It's like, do you really think that the people who are the victims families and all these crime documentaries want these things to come out? I mean, it depends, but it's the point that, we have the freedom to do what we want, not to do what we want, but to say what we want and to talk about what we want. So, I mean,
1: yeah, it's, it's anything. It's if you, uh, make a movie about, uh, uh rape, right. You make, yeah. um, irreversible or something. And then some woman goes and sees irreversible or some man goes and sees irreversible and they see this traumatic rape and then they want the movie to be banned. Yeah. Because they had a, a experience with rape uh and they you know him or her can't take it it's unfortunate i'm not saying that it's not unfortunate it's i'm not saying that you shouldn't feel bad i'm not saying that you're not entitled to feel anger but what i am saying is it's not you it's not up to you whether that film is shown or not other people might want to see it it's and i I respect blumhouse universal for actually you know taking into consideration this person's wants and needs but if they said no this film's coming out i would not hold it against them i would be like yeah cool whatever that's you i mean it's a it's a million dollar thing there you know what i mean like it's 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 they just want to
0: look good though you know
1: yeah and that's fine and hey it's a better pr move to do it this way sometimes but let's for let's say that you know, it's a different situation in which they would lose money, or they would yep. um, lose their their spot, or, or or whatever. You know, or they put are already put a bunch of marketing into it coming out this day. Or yeah, know, but they
0: they did that with us and they changed the date. So what do you mean? They moved uh, us back a week. Why? Uh, because it's premiering at South by Southwest oh, okay. a certain day. Yeah, and I, they I,
1: I'm not saying that you know that's what's happening. I'm just saying it in a situation in which it would hurt them to move it and they came out and said or didn't say anything at all, I'm not gonna look at Blumhouse like they're bad people or they're like evil because they wouldn't move their film because one person's feelings are hurt. And I hate to put it that way, but that's what happened. That this person's feelings are hurt involving something tragic that happened to him. Justifiably so. You know, his feelings are allowed to be hurt when something traumatic happens. But at the end of the day, it is just him. Yeah. It's or, or it's or it's a group of people or whatever. It's not about being insensitive. You you don't have. Blumhouse is not out there being like, oh, I hope that this film reminds these people of this tragic event that happened to him. They're just making a movie, dude. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. it's they're not intent. It, intent goes a long way, right? Intent is what matters in most situations and. I don't see any bad intent here and I, I just, I don't know. I don't like the idea of let's, let's open this door that can make people who are upset, you know, affect film and when they come out or if they come out at all, you know, and, and, you know, this is just the tip. It, it does. Like I said, doesn't matter. Does it? I don't one day earlier is actually a good thing for me. Probably. You know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll go see it Wednesday instead of Thursday. Yeah. Uh, but, I'm just, I don't want to open I just don't know how it makes box. a
0: difference, you know?
1: I, I agree, you know? Yeah. And hey, you could say, well, you're not there. You're not in that guy's shoes. And you're yeah. absolutely right. I'm not. But I know that, you know, I know me and in my opinion, in, in just knowing me, I don't think that I would ever feel like him in in mm. that in sense of wanting to, um, you know... It, it, I don't know. I'm just different, I guess. But maybe yeah. I'm not maybe I'm not. Maybe I'd be exactly like him. Because that's the thing, you know, you could say, well, you don't know because you're not there. And it's true. I don't know because I'm not there. Um, but I think that I wouldn't. Um and you know, I'm not mad at this guy or whatever, but I just I'm just scared that this can be something different. Like, you know, it, it it's it's scary to me that people can affect um I'm I'm more on the line of like Well, what if it's, like, something further and they don't want the film to come out at all? You know what I mean? And then the the company – or they change the title or something, you know? (laughs) And Mm -hmm. where does it end is what I'm saying. Imagine if they did change the title. (laughs) I'm actually surprised that – because that's the more Uh – you know, I don't think it's that the film was coming out. It's that it's called Happy Death Day to You. I just think, like –
0: like you see in the trailer where they're all in the school and then the fucking – that guy comes in, the killer, whoever it is. The baby face comes in starts murdering everybody. You can see how that could be a little bit of, uh, sensitive to those people.
1: I know and it it probably is and that's yeah. the problem whenever you deal with something, something traumatic. You have PTSD with it. You know, you're gonna, yeah. Things are going to trigger you into having terrible memories and unfortunately – and this might sound like a dick thing to say, but that's life, man. That happens. It, it's unfortunate, yeah. but it's going to happen to people. Should it happen? No, absolutely not. If, if I could choose, obviously, I would never have anybody deal with anything tragic ever. But, you know, that is that is what it is, man. It, it's, it's unfortunate that that happened to the person. But the rest of the world can't stand still because... In my opinion, obviously.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But I think you agree with me to an extent.
0: Yes. Completely. So you Man. want to talk about Mr. Argento <laughs> making his um his amazing statements that the superior superior remake is trash.
1: Yeah, but one second. I actually think Happy Death Day 2 you looks pretty cool actually.
0: I said that <laughs> and I saw I thought the trailer looked good, even though there's one weird part that doesn't make any sense. But What's the part. Uh, when the girl's jumping out of the fucking helicopter in her bikini.
1: Well, you don't know the context yet.
0: <laughs> but that's just stupid.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't,
0: I I don't mean, know. We'll, we'll see. It looks just like the first movie either way. So
1: I like the first movie, so um, I'll be happy with that. I actually well, I just think that it's kind of cool. Honestly.
0: I think that movie has such like, a defied uh, opinion on it. It's kind of it, fun. It
1: does. And I actually lo- – I think that – more i read an article that said that the reason that that movie succeeded was because of the lead really going for it and i was like you know what i actually kind of do like i I do think she i do think she's pretty good Mm -hmm. um but anyway yeah uh (laughs) this is this is nothing big but i just i i just thought it was great um so basically there was a small and i mean super small little quote from daria argento um from the film stage, and basically he was interviewed and um, they asked him about the Suspiria remake and he said, it did not excite me. It betrayed the spirit of the original film. There is no fear, there is no music. The film has not satisfied me so much. Woo! mean, fired from Argento.
0: It's a completely different kind of movie, so, I mean, it's doing its own thing like a remake should do. So, What, what do
1: you think he means... By the spirit of the original. Like, what was the spirit of Suspiria?
0: The color scheme.
1: So that you think that's what he's talking about?
0: I mean, I think so. It looks completely different. It doesn't have those bright colors and the score, you know, but it still has a pretty okay original score. But it doesn't have that that goblin score. And I really do think it has to do with the technicolor and, and that not being in the movie and it looking like a normal film.
1: So when he says there is no fear, what do you think he means about that?
0: Do the characters feel really feel fear? Do you think?
1: No, I actually, yeah, I, I think don't think that so. part of his quote is actually the most compelling. Cause like, cause I, I don't really see I any of the characters agree like with him that there fear? is the, yeah. like the, like for some reason, Suspiria, the original 1977 Suspiria has a way and and I, there was somebody who said this and i hundred percent agree with them uh that opening scene with um the uh the the I forget the actress's name um but you know the main character Susie bannon yeah uh, she's walking through the, like the airport or the bus terminal and the mu the the goblin score is just playing and for whatever reason it just puts you on edge and if that music wasn't there. It would just be somebody walking through a bus terminal, but instead you have this like scary scene. Of, even though nothing happens, it's actually it's like foreboding, mm. you know, like it's this foreshadowing of like something bad's gonna happen in the future. So I agree with it. Like the the fear level of Suspiria is on point, and this film is not really that. But I don't know if you really. I I don't think that it betrayed anything. Like the spirit of the original, I don't think it betrayed it because I think that the new Suspiria, even though it was not my favorite film, it didn't even make my top 10. I really did like it. Like I felt like it actually honored the spirit of Suspiria. uh, The, the original Suspiria. It might not have had that fear uh, Mm -hmm. level, but that's, that's, you know, fine. You don't have, every movie doesn't have to have that. What it did have was just a interesting story and a, uh, it, it captured the similar vibes you got with the dance studio. And, th- and that's what I mean where the, the basic concept of Suspiria, I felt like it, it definitely didn't betray.
0: Yeah, because it was his own thing, you know? It... Yeah,
1: and, and to, to steal a quote from Brandon from Exploding Heads, this has become a quote that you know they've said many, many times over, and I think it's a great quote. If you're going to remake it, remake it yeah you know what i mean don't just go there and do a shot for shot psycho thing or don't just you know do the same movie again like look at the most successful remakes maniac the hills have eyes um
0: you know the blob
1: the fly uh you know the thing and you know especially with the modern ones you know Mm -hmm. Hills Have Eyes and and Maniac Hills Have Eyes I think is the best example of of a remake and How to Do It Right because you take the basic idea, you take this family going out to this isolated area and there is basically cannibal people in the hills the mountains, the the desert area, and they basically uh, you know attack this family, you know, rape them and, and murder them and steal their baby. And, and then you have the remake which takes that exact same story. Yeah. But amps it up, changes some things, makes them more mutant instead of just regular people. Um but it keeps some of the same stuff. It keeps you know, some it has, of the same stuff. Like yeah, yeah. The, it has
0: the the dad kill, the Bob kill. Yeah, like the, the onslaught
1: same. on the family is yep. very similar. Um but it's just it just takes certain aspects and does them and improves upon them, and that's what's really cool about that one. And then you have the Maniac remake, which takes the core concept. Uh, Joe Zito is this guy, and he's a weirdo, and he's you know got he's a maniac, and he's stalking people around. But they add this nice POV thing to it. Uh, they change the visuals up a little bit in it. Uh, the The music's different, and they tell the same type of story. But they just do it in a different way and add things to it, add a little bit more character to it. And um, that's that's the way you remake things. And if, if you just wanted to have a pretty Suspiria again, then that would be the wrong choice. So that that's where I think Argento is off base. Now, yeah. the thing with Argento in any director, especially old school director, whether it's John Carpenter, Argento or – well shit, they're mostly all dead now. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. When you
0: think about it, there's like nobody left
1: besides them. Those two. <laughs> it's it's sad. It's, it's fucked up, man. Yeah. Craven, Hooper,
0: yeah.
1: uh, Falci, uh Romero. Romero. Yeah, they're Craven. Yeah, I, they're all gone, man. But you know, gone. those two at least anybody who's, you know, Cronenberg, um, I do feel like they're in their like they're almost in, uh, entitled to yeah. say these things because they earned it, you know what I mean? So I, I don't hold it against him, He's th- that, especially that film. That film is very, probably very personal to him, and uh, he's probably not going to like what people
0: do. I just want to say shame on the interviewer for not asking him where the fuck the Sandman is. Fuck
1: you. Yeah, no, seriously. If if you're an interview out interviewer out there and you are interviewing people, you not only do you ask where the sandman is, but you demand to know. You demand to know where the hell is the sandman, Dario Argento? Where is it? Where is Iggy Pop? Where is all these where's the posters? Damn it, where's the posters at? Where are these people, these crowdfunders, DVDs? Gonna get their
0: and just it's don't so send funny. them that other movie that came out last year called The Sandman with Tobin Bell because that's not going to work.
1: Yeah, because they're going to look at the credits and they're going to be like, wait <laughs> a minute, Dario Argento did not direct this. <laughs> and where's Iggy Pop? Yep. Was it Iggy Pop? I don't even remember.
0: I does nobody asked them about that shit?
1: I know, dude. It's like one of the – it's like a mystery of the 22 Shots universe. Where is The yep. Sandman? When will it come out?
0: It's like where's Vampircon? Where's The Sandman?
1: Well, that I actually had heard that um, – The director of that was actually under the wrong... Mark Jones. Oh, yeah. Where did I just hear this? I just heard this somewhere. Basically, um, the producer or something, or like the the, he hired an attorney or something, or like some some guy that turned out not to be even a real lawyer. And like that's one of the reasons that that fell apart besides the the crowdfunding thing.
0: That made $8. Damn. I think it made like... Literally a hundred bucks or something like made no money.
1: <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I guess nobody
0: wanted I, to see *Fampricon*.
1: I know. I feel like they didn't push it hard enough.
0: Yeah, shit. I wanted to see *Fampricon*. Yeah, I did too. Bastards.
1: But instead, we got *Leprechaun Returns*, which was
0: pretty good. good. Yep. All right. Let's move on to the box office brawl results. And this week's films was M Night Shyamalan's *Ding Dong's Glass*, the final entry in his superhero trilogy that he hasn't given a name to. But this is the—it's uh, a five-day total from Thursday to Monday. I'm recording this on Sunday, but I think. We're pretty much gonna know who the winner is either way, so we're gonna just do it now. So,
1: how much has it made in the?
0: So three this days? weekend it made forty million five hundred eighty-six thousand, compared to Splits opening, which was forty million and ten thousand. So it only made about five hundred seventy-six thousand dollars more than Split did. So underachieved for sure, I but think. But
1: still was successful.
0: Still it's successful. Twenty million dollar budget. Made, you know, forty-one million domestic, and it made forty-eight million five hundred thousand uh, overseas. So so far, it's made almost ninety million bucks. So another hit for Blumhouse and M Night Shamalama Ding Dong. So. So what did it make domestically? You said. Forty million five hundred eighty-six thousand. So let's add another eight million dollars to that. Seven million. Seven million, I think, is fair. So. We're just going to go off of 40 million, 40 to 50 million.
1: Either way, we were so far ahead that whoever picked Lois is going to win.
0: Yep. So JP beats me. He picked 70.5 million. I picked 77.5 million. So JP gets a point. He's up two to nothing. And then I picked 77.5 million and. The moods, the man himself picked 78 million. So I go up two to nothing against moods. So.
1: See, sometimes. See, that's the thing. Everybody kind of gave me shit for being. Um, you know, I, sometimes I'll pick just high, slightly higher than, you know, the other people. But so, that doesn't always work. I think that me going first this time, everybody's strategy was to go a little ahead of me when I. Thought that they were over guessing, so I actually wanted them to go ahead of me.
0: Yeah, but we still thought it was going to make a lot more. Yeah, no, just based on like pre tracking and everything like that. It seemed like, well, my
1: original pick was like 60 million, and then you told me that because I sent 60 million to moods, and then you told me that it's a four day, so I was like, oh, maybe I should go higher, and then, um i ch- i told mids never mind change it because there's an extra day added on yeah and uh yeah but so. it's, you
0: still wouldn't have made it anyway
1: <laughs> i know but it <laughs> wouldn't have
0: be made closer. it to 60 anyway yeah but um there's nothing until two weeks two and a half two to three weeks down the line where we have the prodigy which is orion's new film that had pretty good press coming out of the uh, festival circuit you know, people were calling it creepy and shit. So, um, another Orion film. So, always get warm and fuzzy feeling inside when I see that Orion logo pop up on the on the screen again. So
1: yeah, and we're not uh, gonna do them on the show yep. until Moods comes back because obviously he's not here to give his pick. And we have that new thing where the the person who won uh, or got closest um, goes first. Yep. So I'll have to go first again. But check this out. I went first two times in a row, and I'm two up on both of these guys right now. So I'm just... I don't mean to too... Well, you are the horn. box office brawl champion. Exactly. So. I am the 2018 box office brawl champion. I'm essentially Tom Brady. Hey, I paid up. You did pay up. I actually won a bunch of stuff. I won $10 from Dave. I just won another $10 from Dave for picking the Pats to win. Uh, I won... Uh, the thing from another world from you. I won torso from Moods Blu-rays, by the way, and I won Land of the Dead from Luis. And uh, we got another MMA pull going on over there too. So Dylan and, won I mean, five hundred bucks. God, well, God damn! <laughs> damn it! <laughs> yeah, I thought my accomplishment was pretty good, and then you're just like Dylan won five hundred bucks, and I'm like, oh, oh yeah, he won five hundred bucks. What a win! Bucks. Yeah, well, six in Canadian, right? Or no, was it five? Oh, in, five it was eleven five in Canadian. Canadian. Yeah. What a lucky – it's two years in a row, man. I know. As, as another champion, I really respect that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so anyway, um, the, the movie guys? that's coming out, Prodigy, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that one. We'll post our uh, picks on the Facebook page. And uh, next week, I do want to do a drawing, uh, if we record next week, for a prize for January to give out to one of the Patreon people.
0: What are you gonna give?
1: Uh, I think. Well, honestly, I don't know. We'll have to talk about it. Um, but I think we should just buy them something. You know what I mean? With with the Patreon money to kind sure. of, uh, you know, me and you gave away a bunch of stuff from our personal collection over the past year. Um, but you know, it, I'm kind of out of stuff to give away, honestly. So, <laughs> sure. Um, But, yeah, you know, I think that, you know, certain months we should give away something big, like something awesome, you know, encourage those people to join the Patreon. Um, And if
0: you do, you could get four DVDs. If you pick that tier, it seemed like the person liked his movies that I sent him. Oh, really? So
1: So he got them? And and that's another thing. I actually just seen my shop um, has, like, a bunch of $3 Blu-rays, like newer stuff. Not all horror, but there's, like, stuff like, you know, the Last Planet of the Apes movie and uh, the j- like all these you know movies, and they're all in great condition and and you know so that's something that maybe I could help you out with there too but yeah uh, yeah buddy i don't know what so... do you guys think would be a good prize for for this next month, you know like let's say like you know twenty twenty five dollar yep um, something you know maybe something new that came out so that people don't have it um i don't really know what 's been coming out lately, um but yeah. Oh, and we – man, I've been getting all kind of stuff in lately. I got those – uh War, me and you did that Warner thing. Yeah. That was pretty cool. I, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, 22 that. bucks. We should do that cool. every time.
0: Yeah, I hope Bad Ronald and
1: The Thing is on there the next time. Yeah. <laughs> so I would totally get those. Yeah, Bad Ronald definitely. I hear that's what they do though. Like on the next cell like their newest titles will be on there. It's
0: only like once every like year, year and a half though. It, so. I
1: think they do it twice a year. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken.
0: It came really fast. I couldn't believe yeah, it. Yeah,
1: yeah. That was awesome. Um, yeah. I, I'm actually digging those Warner Archives because I brought, bought Dracula 1972 yeah. um, for the 72 show. So um, I I brought that other one, that school, night school. Night school. So I've actually had zero Warner Archives in my entire collection, and now all of a sudden I got like five <laughs> yep. out of nowhere. Um, anyway, Glass. So we both saw Glass. Mm hmm. What'd you think?
0: Well, it was just funny. I told you I was sitting there watching Glass, sitting next to this guy a few, few seats down. We're watching, it, and then the ending comes, and he's just fucking bawling his eyes out like a little bitch. Wow. And I was just laughing. It's like, I've never seen anybody cry at an M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong film before. It's like, this guy must be really connected to these characters. It's pretty funny. I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Dude, that's but, pretty
1: lame. Like, I w- I would, almost, I would almost have to laugh.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, I had to hold do. it in. I don't want to offend the guy.
1: Why? Could he beat you up?
0: Anybody could beat me up. That guy? I mean, he was a little on the flamboyant side, what but about, I bet he could still so beat me um, up.
1: What about Glass? Could he beat you up? Because his bones shatter pretty easy.
0: I mean, he would do his fucking ninja mind tricks on me. <laughs> make my head explode all scanner style. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know how that motherfucker got around like he did, so without anybody knowing.
1: Yeah. You know what, man? Um, So Glass, like... I haven't seen Unbreakable. You said that that was probably a mistake, but I literally tried to watch it. Like I went and bought it and everything. Like that was my plan to –
0: Because you don't know like Elijah was David's mentor and then at the end of the film we learned that he was the one who caused all these things that ultimately killed all these people just to find that one person – uh you know he was obsessed with these news headlines where it was like 200 and like there's a hotel fire and 286 died and no people survived and then there was like this bus accident and 180 people died and nobody survived and then there was the train accident where you know 180 180- Four people died and one person lived. So Elijah got this idea that you know these superheroes exist, and mm-hmm. he ultimately was the one who caused all these things to happen because he was obsessed with finding this one person who survived these tragic accidents. And you don't learn that in Glass. So like when yeah, you see, see him get I off do... when you see him get off the train, when you see him get off the train in Glass, unless you see Unbreakable, you wouldn't know why he was there or see, what I
1: already the knew this that, was. Though just from from just from no like unbreakable has been out so long i've heard things about it over the years you know so like i knew some of the movie a little bit so like it wasn't as i pretty much and honestly like them showing it like they gave you enough of an idea that something like that had happened
0: yeah but you wouldn't know like well i guess they say it but like you wouldn't know he was his kryptonitis water and things like that. I guess like they explain it a little they bit. Do,
1: they just say that they say, yeah. like, I don't know. I didn't know that, but they yeah. say like, you believe that water is what can hurt you. So, yeah. And they, they show the jets that in the cell that they have. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like they did a decent enough job to kind of fill in the blanks for people who might not have seen unbreakable. I mean, they follow split more, um, in a way like, like the mm-hmm. whole beginning of the film is like a, direct continuation of Split. You know what I mean?
0: I guess so. I just think it sets up the showdown between all – and and, and it's just a lead-in to make them get to the place where Elijah is, where he's been there since the end of Unbreakable. It says at the end of Unbreakable he was sentenced to – I forgot the name of the asylum, but he, he he was sent there. So that was from Unbreakable. So I just think they had to have some sort of setup to get all three of them there and i guess well, yeah, that it was, makes sense that, that was the most logical explanation so
1: yeah here's the thing I, I i think that this movie i think shyamalan had like a cool idea like it i caught it an anti superhero film um but
0: everybody has really? that's what it is that's what it is i mean it's it's a middle finger to marvel who does all these glamorous huge things and all that
1: i think that's it i'm saying that it's it's the it's basically doing a superhero film but not really kind of thing like it's it's more of like this realistic take on it and um it's it leads you to believe that it's going in this direction of how most superhero films go and then it doesn't yeah
0: um i think that was his point
1: yeah no that's what i'm saying and i like the concept like behind it like the final reveal and like, what's the purpose of all this and all that stuff.
0: It's definitely I, the worst twist ever though. in Shama Lama films.
1: I mean, it I didn't even like, think it was a twist. Honestly, yeah, it wasn't even like really like I, a twist. I, like- I kept seeing articles like the final twist is, and I'm like, I'm like, what? I'm like, what? Twi-? I was like, there was no twist. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I it, like there's a reveal, but I don't think that's necessarily a twist. Yeah. Um, a twist is where you go completely the other directions, you know?
0: like Like he always does
1: (laughs) Um, like this
0: guy's actually the killer all along
1: yeah but i i thought that the movie i thought the mid the beginning was awesome i loved like Mm. the continuation of split with the cheerleaders and the you know uh james mcavoy who's awesome i love that guy he's so good and then i liked the end but i thought the middle was just so boring it was just like Okay, there's not even interesting dialogue, really. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's
0: just them in the asylum and like them talking and. But the talking is
1: like Shyamalan. Like even in Split, yeah. the talking is great in Split. The talking in this movie is weak. I'm like, what are they? The the there's they're, they're not doing it. They're well, Samuel Jackson anything.
0: doesn't even fucking talk. He just sits there in his wheelchair with a fucking look on his face yeah. the entire film.
1: It's yeah. like what
0: you're wasting his talent. All he's doing is sitting there with that stupid eye twitching the entire film.
1: Yeah, it, it was just taking it. Just to me, it just felt like the basic idea of the film didn't really lend itself to this two-hour movie, um, mm-hmm. where the middle is so basic and and the, there's not much that's done in dialogue. Like what what was the purpose of the middle section to get uh, maybe a little bit of doubt that not, the audience doesn't believe anyway? <laughs> or just to,
0: yeah, just to build elijah's character for this reveal well not the reveal for when he finally you know puts his plan into place
1: yeah but it doesn't but nothing was even done he could have did yeah. that later and, and you didn't need to have any of that yeah <laughs> um so that was my biggest problem i went with carly and the schroyers and both of the schroyers really liked it
0: of course what else do you expect dude <laughs> did you really expect them not to like it
1: well i, I mean austin's different Austin isn't Andrew. Andrew's the weirdo. Austin yeah. is more grounded in his opinions.
0: Did that motherfucker like Slenderman?
1: Uh, who? Andrew? Yeah. I don't know. Why? Did he say something about it?
0: No, I would just be curious if he ends up liking that movie because it seems right up his alley.
1: Well, I, would that, lose, I don't think they I would, liked Bye
0: Bye Man. I would lose my fucking mind if that's the case, dude.
1: I really like Bye Bye
0: Man. I'm talking about Slenderman. <sighs>
1: Slenderman was slender trash.
0: Yep. Well, I kind of figured they that were going like to. I said
1: it. That's the worst movie I ever seen in the theater. I thought Rings yeah. was, but Slender Trash, totally, yeah. I <laughs> totally agree. surpassed that. Yeah. I hope to not see a movie that not good in the theater again.
0: It made so much money too. I couldn't I know, believe
1: it. it. did. It did.
0: Escape Rooms up to forty-five million. Can't believe it.
1: 50, Fifty, I think. Crazy. Um. But yeah. So. Um, Glass. I'm coming in at a six point five on Glass.
0: Yeah, I'm coming in with a six. It is what it is. It's well made. The acting's good.
1: It was There's a some... little underwhelming considering my hopes for it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I wasn't really expecting much, to be honest. You know, I'm not. I like M. Night Shyamalan. I like The Village a lot. I think it's probably his best movie. But um, I'm not like the biggest fan of his films. See,
1: I actually turn turns out I actually am a fan of Shyamalan like i used to yeah. say i wasn't but um i haven't seen six cents but yeah. i love the visit i think the visits is best film um, yeah i like the village a lot of people don't i actually do yeah. i like signs made my top 10 at 02 um i, like... I, I think
0: signs is a bit overrated i haven't seen it in a long time so
1: i, I really did think that it. i remember if you you weren't there for that show but I said going into Signs, I expected not to it not to make my top ten, and I had always thought it was a little overrated. But it actually holds up with like the tension and stuff. I was like, "Whoa, this is the suspense!" So um, I actually came around heavy on Signs. I think it made my number ten, or, or it made nine, I think nine or eight. Yeah, um, in my 02 I haven't place. seen
0: it in a long time, so that's a revisit.
1: And then um I Lady in the Water I think is his Thoughts. most boring worst film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in terms of writing I love Well Devil his
0: horror War. films are, you know.
1: Yeah. Devil I mean is after great.
0: after Earth is his worst film.
1: <laughs> I haven't seen that one. Devil's yeah. great and then Split is awesome. So for the most part I like all of his films I've seen. The only one I didn't like was Lady in the Water. Oh, and the Happening. I love The Happening too.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I haven't seen The Happening.
1: Really? Everybody, everybody says that's his worst movie. Everybody hates it. It's cuz they don't get it it's a big budget b movie but nobody realizes it
0: yeah um, really nobody gets it i thought that's what it's like known for or what well, it's known for to be. the people
1: that like it the people yeah. who don't like it don't get that um but yeah i, I like that happening so i
0: give that man credit man that guy's gone through some shit with
1: yeah he was having, the second coming of spielberg or yeah. or You know Kubrick or Hitchcock, and then all of a sudden, everybody in Hollywood hates him, and he can't make a movie to save his life. He's trash,
0: and he's getting all these you know hundred hundred to hundred and fifty million dollar movies. They're making no money. He has to fucking put a loan out, a mortgage his house, so he could fucking make the visit, and that made some money. And then he just starts to you know make these low budget. He finances himself all these films with Blumhouse. And, you know, he's back making money again. But, you know, even him, you know, even this guy's gone through struggles as a filmmaker in this industry. So I'm only 25, so I can't feel bad. I lost fucking two jobs this week. It sucks. Really? I haven't had one job in January. It's brutal.
1: January is a down month for a lot of, you know, industries. Like Even my industry, the hotel industry, like January and February are two worst months.
0: Yeah, man, I had two two holds for jobs and I lost one on Friday and I lost the other one today. It's like, God damn.
1: Also, brutal. Um, I just want to throw this out there. I should have said it at the top of the show, but um, I haven't edited the shows in a really long time and I'm not the best at noticing audio and I noticed that the levels were off between his voice and my voice, so I changed them, but I don't know if they were good after that. So if there's any issues with the... Like I'm too low and he's too high, or vice versa. Just let me know and I'll, I'll work to get it where we need it.
0: Yeah. Why am I too low?
1: Um. No, I was too low in the last one, which I know was a problem a while back, and I had fixed it. But, um, like back like episode 100, 102 like those those episodes. But, um, I didn't know where we were. Um, like, set, cause I haven't done it in so long, so I didn't yeah. know what settings to use. Um, didn't you just say your fucking hotel was sold out yeah but that was this because of a hockey thing oh yeah it's just like one weekend Uh, but
0: besides that it's usually quiet
1: oh yeah january and february are our worst months for sure
0: yeah yeah because it's cold yeah it's fucking cold today dude it was like eight degrees or something
1: yeah it's uh 10 right now with the wind chill it's negative seven
0: Ooh, yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, chili, it's, it's chili stuff. It dropped the nine.
0: You're lucky it's not <laughs> that cold when it was going to snow. You'd be fucked.
1: I, I took my dog out before we started the show, and I was like, oh, it's so cold out here right now.
0: Yeah. But um, let's move on to what we watched. Dub, dub, dub. Dub, dub, dub. I'm not going to say it because that shit's retarded. But you said
1: it, and then he said he's not going to say it.
0: Let's start off with the double review of Intruder. Me and JP both had to watch it. Um,
1: I got it three times.
0: Yeah, you got it three times. Um, this time, Mr. Cox gave it to me. He originally gave it to you, but then I already said you were already reviewing it, so he gave it to me. Two, and two fan-
1: people gave it to me. Mikey gave it to me and then somebody else. And yeah. then James Cox. But
0: Yep. And then a uh, fan of Eli gave it to JP. So,
1: yeah. What do you I, think? I had mentioned that I hadn't seen it before.
0: Yeah, I never seen it either. So it was my first time watch too. This movie's so weird. It doesn't even feel like a film that would come out so late in the '80s. It just feels so early '80s uh, uh, aesthetically. Did you feel that or no?
1: Um. Oh, you you mean like what'd you say? Late? What? I didn't hear you.
0: It just sorry. didn't feel like a film that would come out in '89. It feels like a film that would have come out in the early in the early '80s. Like you wouldn't think of like I mean, this kind of film bit, coming out. I wouldn't
1: say '89. You know, because that's like usually with the the, the '80s. You know, '89. It's more '89 is like '87 to like '89 is where it got really comedic and like less serious. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I kind of get you. This feels like more of a just straight traditional slasher.
0: Yeah, and I wouldn't you really really see him too much in '89 or you know even in '88 or '87. You know, Childs play in '88. '88 was a pretty good year. You know, it's probably one of the best years of the '80s next to '81. '81 to '84 is the best. Yeah.
1: '84. Yeah.
0: '88 really good though. There's some, of course, Moods did his whole '88 series, but '88 has some good stuff. But I was just watching; it just did not feel like a film that would come out. A year before 1990, so uh, it's not a bad thing. I think the film's quite fun. What's but...
1: the uh, synopsis on it?
0: Oh, we're doing that. We're being all moods, no moods type. like
1: <laughs> I have to if I have to get the Use synopsis. Use your phone,
0: not, nah, dude. That takes too long.
1: Yeah, but it's too loud on listening. All right, names. the
0: overnight stock crew of a local supermarket finds themselves being stalked and slashed by a mysterious maniac. <laughs> that good that's pretty uh... so
1: the one thing i'll say about this movie is first of all i seen that you liked it but you're Uh, not necessarily a slasher fan no you don't not like slashers but you're not it's not your favorite subgenre
0: no not at all
1: okay it's if it's not my favorite it's in my top like three favorite yeah i love slashers and um i purposely don't see every slasher under the sun because of this reason, because every once in a while I'll see a slasher that was popular that, you know, I had never seen before. And then I'll be yeah. like, wow, there are still good slashers I haven't seen. And this is one of them because Intruder is fucking awesome, dude. This is a great slasher. It's a great slasher.
0: How so? Well, I mean, it has it has good kills, but I just feel like the pacing with this one is fucking off the charts. Like there's no kills. And then all of a sudden it's like kill after kill after kill after kill after kill after kill after kill. kill. Like for the last like 45 minutes, this is like pure carnage, like one after another, no time to breathe. There's like no narrative whatsoever. It's
1: just, it's just literally one narrative with the, the store being bought out or shut down or whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I'm just saying when the kills start to happen, it's just literally like, like, like literally like five of the characters die and like, 10 minutes or something like that it's just like this thing is picked off so fast mm-hmm. that it, it, like well, it's fine
1: I mean, partially probably because of the setting right like because you sure. can't kill somebody you know at the beginning of the film and then you know the, the, everybody be like hey where's this person like if you do it all on the same shift then it's better because you're you know it people aren't going to be wondering where people i'm not are saying there.
0: just that i just think like they just crammed all the kills in one section of the film, like one fast section that they didn't really pace them out at all.
1: I mean, you're probably right. Like I would have to rewatch this because at this point, I think I watched it like 20 days ago or something, yeah. you know? So it's, it's not fresh in my head. I was going to cover it last week even. And, uh, yeah. you said to wait. So, um, I would need to re and, you know, I've been watching other things and, and lately my memory is just so awful lately. I ca- I can't, even believe how bad my memory has been uh it's because i've watched so many films last year that's it really killed me but um i just remember like the setting being so interesting because one it's set in the 80s and it's in a goddamn supermarket and that is one of the coolest settings like i don't yeah it's It's a cool setting like from
0: what i heard is like they found this supermarket in the middle of nowhere that was closing down and it it was already closed and all the shelves were bare and everything so they the art department had to like get all this leftover stock food from all these different places that were like expired and things <laughs> and they probably clearly didn't get any of the logos cleared or anything like that which they i don't understand enough, how right? but it's yeah
1: like there's too many
0: yeah but that's how they built the the uh like they, the they didn't have the money
1: to make up fake brand names for anything yeah. like instead so of they just buy, they buy surplus like, like, stuff you know buy it or something yeah <laughs> um but yeah it, it, i i think that you know and obviously it's predictable well kind of guess who the killer was well, okay that is another yes yeah, yeah, so i saw exactly where this film was going yeah. once the the plot the the storyline came to be but yes. honestly like okay that is what separates maybe like the best slashers from the just great ones is having everything good, but most slashers don't have great, you know, twist endings or reveals. Uh, like uh, the majority of the majority of slashers don't have great killers. Um, Mm -hmm. the best ones do Jason, Freddie, Michael, um, Angela, even Chucky, you know, but, then the next tier down you have stuff like you know maniac and and my bloody valentine henry uh, silent, and deadly silent deadly night deadly night and those those are like your your second tier slashers and then like right under that i think you have films like intruder uh kind of in between that second tier and the third tier here mm-hmm. um like third tier you have stuff like madman um and uh, i would honestly say that this is probably like higher than stuff like madman but simply because of the setting and the kills like this movie has great kills
0: oh yeah the kills are good i i know this movie was cut to shit from what i from what moods was telling me the full
1: moon dvd version is completely cut like i have a sealed copy of it i never even opened it because i i had read that it was cut um but the synapse blu-ray i think is uncut
0: yeah and then there's some good kills some awesome close-ups and meat saws and other things that you find in grocery stores that meat hooks and everything like that that leads up
1: I thought so it was some cool pretty to good see, kills. like the uh, like the be- behind the house mm-hmm. section of the grocery store because you like never see that right like when you're in like a the, grocery store you just see the
0: like the ramp that goes down to the basement yeah
1: like all that stuff you know yeah
0: <laughs> and i like, kind of cool. knew like the guy at the beginning of the film wasn't the killer like it's pretty fucking obvious
1: yeah and here's yeah definitely i mean they throw out a red herring but uh, it's pretty Pretty it's pretty obvious and you know that when it whenever i talk about slashers like like in order for a slasher to be successful uh, right away one of the main things that can make a slasher successful is good kills you have good kills and you're already like a couple levels up in in terms of slashers if you have Uh a good killer you're another level up if you have good nudity you're another level up but sometimes slashers don't have all of it, and they just have some of it. Like, this one has good kills and location. Mm-hmm. And that is what makes this one really awesome. Good atmosphere. I think location
0: always makes a film, no matter if it's slash or not. Like, you think of a film like Frozen. Like, that movie succeeds because of the location and, and things like that. So I think 99 out of 100 times, if you have a cool location, the film's probably going to be not too bad.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Uh, I agree with that and you know this one <laughs> this yeah. one just is, is really neat to me um, I I think that this is a slasher film honestly that if I watched it a couple more times it could be in my like top favorite slashes of all time um, which happened with My Bloody Valentine because the first mm-hmm. time I seen it I was like oh yeah it was cool but like My Bloody Valentine has steadily gotten a lot better to me uh, over time and uh same thing with Silent Night, Deadly Night. Um, Sleepaway Camp, too. Sleepaway Camp, when I first seen Sleepaway Camp, I thought it was like the ending was cool, but I thought the movie was bad. I love Sleepaway Camp now. It's, you know, it made my top 50 favorites at, like, number 20-something. You so. mean you don't like gutter balls? No.
0: <laughs>
1: Man, why do you hate on
0: gutter balls, bro?
1: I think you should rewatch it.
0: It was both on me and Moods' list, so fuck you.
1: That's crazy. <laughs> but um in terms of ratings yeah uh, I would give this one an eight out of ten
0: Let's see what I gave it it's been a while I watched it let me pull it up on letterbox I gave it seven and a half
1: okay so right there pretty much it's yep. it's one that I think will grow the more that I watch it and um, I've I almost want to do what exploding heads did with their top – 50 oh. favorite slashers because uh, I've never really did that. I've never even. I don't think I've even made a top 10 slashers list.
0: Hmm. Oh, I would have to. That would take me a long time because I don't really like slashers. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> slashers are like comfort horror to me. It's just like you can just turn them on and enjoy. And ju- like I don't know. It's just something about them. They just work. I've seen a lot. I just yeah. It would be
0: hard to make a top 50 list. Yeah. Because knowing me, I would probably pick something that's not a Slash film and look like an idiot. Yep. (laughs) Like I do most of the time. All right. Let's do what we watched. I think we both have two picks apiece. So, who wants to go first?
1: Uh, I will go first. So, uh, the film that I'm reviewing, this is not a Patreon pick. Um, This one I just watched yesterday. And then I popped it in again last night when I got home. I watched it in the morning and then I popped it in again because I wanted to kind of revisit it a little bit because it was just so bizarre. And that is Bloody New Year from the year 1987 or 86, depending on who you ask. Uh, This is uh, one of those new Vinegar Syndromes that were just released. And this film... Is very bizarre, dude. So, so this is why I love Vinegar Syndrome. I used to think that they were the most overrated label because moods always used to talk about Vinegar Syndrome, and I was like, yeah, they put out freaking Christmas Evil and Maniac or Madman. Cool. Yeah, you know, I like both of those movies. And yeah. Jack
0: Frost, the Ice Cream Man. Did, that
1: they didn't have that out with the time that I think yeah. they were overrated. They. And that like they put out like a bunch of like what was that one that you reviewed they they didn't like you?
0: Don't go in the woods alone.
1: <laughs> yeah, like so that movie and, uh, sucks. <laughs> yeah. And uh there was there was a you know, they released a bunch of movies that kind of sucked a little bit and I did and I thought they were just overrated. I was like, I don't really see that and they released so much porn and stuff, I was just like, I don't really care about this label. But then I started buying a few. Um, which like uh Which House Yep. No, which board, which which house? It's I can't which remember. House. It was one of the witch ones. Yeah. Um, and I was like, "Yo, this is really fun." And 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 Demon Wind and um, Corpse Grinders and all these other titles I started getting. And it's not that they're putting out good movies, because yeah, they have some good movies in terms of Ice Cream Man. I think Ice Cream Man is a genuinely good movie. Um, and Jack Frost, I've come around on where I think that. Although it's, like, designed as a bad movie, it's actually good in a way. Like, it's 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 humor is great. Um, so they don't really put out
0: good, good movies. movies,
1: but <laughs> they put out movies and take such care of them. They put out obscure movies, and they put out movies that are just oddities. Um, like, what was that one? Like, Lucifer's Women or something? that was, like, yeah. a lost film that like was never even released and they released like two cuts of it and shit yeah like they take such good care of these films and even the um transfers are great like i popped this one in and the the first thing that comes across and they do this a lot uh it said like the element the element had actually been destroyed uh for this film so the only thing available was a print Mm -hmm. um and we did our best with it uh so there's obviously going to be some discrepancies with you know the quality of it And I'm, like, thinking, oh, wow, so this is going to not look too good then. Nope. (laughs) It still looks really good, man. It still looks really good for uh, even that case. Like, there's this one part, though, where – let let me just give the plot of this first of all. Uh, After finding themselves stranded on a remote island, a group of young friends discover that the only structure is an old hotel, which seems inexplicably stuck in 1959. And Strangers Still has Christmas and New Year's de- re- decorations, uh, despite it being the middle of the summer. As the youngsters take shelter for the evening, increasingly weird events begin to occur as each of the hotel's unexpected guests meets a gruesome fate. So, there's one scene after they get, they, they basically are, they steal this, I think they steal this boat. First of all, it opens with this fucking weird music. And like, it's a, they're in a theme park and they're just showing all kinds of shots of them on theme park rides. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And then they get this boat and they go and they're sailing and it hits some rocks and, you know, they start sinking and they swim over to this island. And the shot, I thought it was raining and it's just the, like this terrible rain. rain look. Yeah. Uh, like all this, like washed out stuff, and because the, the shot is of like the sky, and you're just like, oh, look at all this rain. And then, you're like, so was oh, it yeah. the grain,
0: or was it just like the sky was?
1: I, it was just a, a problem with the film Cram. stock. Yeah, yeah, it was just like it was just very bad at that point, and it, it, yeah, it looked like rain, but it wasn't. Yeah. Um. So they get to this island, and all of a sudden, like. It's just weird, like all kind of. It's really not explained. There's very little like character development and like, you know, anything to do with the characters. Like they're all really bland and boring, and you don't really care about any of them. But all kind of weird shit just starts happening. Like uh, somebody gets attacked by like a fishing net, and like the fishing hooks on the net are like cutting into their skin. And uh, another person gets attacked by, like, film, like, literal film from a projector. Like, it wraps Mm -hmm. around their legs and trips them. (laughs) And you're like, what the hell? And then, um, like, somebody, like, a, like, ghost demon thing comes out of a film um, that they're projecting. And, uh, oh, my God, there's this one moment. I literally, I was sort of looking around my room. I thought, like my phone was playing a youtube like you ever like accidentally hit a youtube video on your phone or something yeah and it just starts playing like done else? it during the show okay yeah so i <laughs> i thought i just start hearing this laugh track and i'm like where the fuck is that it's in the movie i was like what the hell so these people are walking in the woods and all of a sudden there's a laugh track like a, <laughs> like you know like a bunch of like literally a laugh track from like a sitcom and you're like, what the fuck is going on? It's in the movie. Like the people start reacting to it and they're like, where's that coming from? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, I still don't know if that was supposed to sound like a laugh track or if it was just supposed to sound like somebody was laughing, like in the woods.
0: So was it a laugh track? I don't know. It was yeah.
1: it, like, it's, I don't know if it's a, like they were trying to, they just use the laugh track instead of like, you know, doing ADR and like getting like mm-hmm. a laughing sound from the woods or whatever. I think it's intentional. Like, I don't understand it, but there's, like, you know, footprints are appearing out of nowhere and, like, the sand. It's it's basically inanimate objects attacking people, and then there's also some, like, ghost demon things that are attacking people. So, very weird and bizarre movie. Uh, Bloody New Year from Vinegar Syndrome. This is the reason why you buy Vinegar Syndrome releases – Um, because although this film is not very good, it's actually better than I thought it would be. Um, I give it a six out of 10. Um, it's actually a lot better than you would expect. And partially like the transfer definitely helps. Like it's, it looks good. I wish that the film maybe was took place a little bit more at night. It's like all in the daylight. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, I like the location, like the desert island. They walk into this hotel and there's like Christmas trees everywhere and stuff. It's like, okay, this is like a fake Christmas horror film almost. (laughs) Um, But this is why you get these because it's not necessarily a great movie. You know, only six out of ten. But the experience was so fun. And uh, like I said, I watched it once and then I popped it in again when I got home last night. And, you know, watched half of it and fell asleep or whatever. Um, But, yeah, that was the first one I cracked out of the three that I have. And that was fun, dude. And there's some, you know, okay, gore. Dude gets his arm chopped off and stuff, and you know, bloody and shit. So, mm-hmm. um, man, I don't know where they find these fucking movies at, dude. <laughs> they find some bizarre stuff.
0: And they gotta find them somewhere.
1: Yeah. So that's that's bloody New Year.
0: Bloody New Year. All right. Next up for me, going back to my dear good friend, Mister Mikey Fisher. And no good, son of a bitch, fucking asshole. And once again, he came up with another pick that makes him a motherfucking son of a bitch asshole. And we'll be talking about Dark Harvest 2, The Maze, spelled M-A-I-C-E, from the year 2004. Now this came out right in the boom of the straight-to-DVD horror Lionsgate extravaganza that they were going on in the early 2000s. And the year earlier... Uh, a year or two earlier, they released a film called *Dark Harvest*. And this has a scarecrow; it's all spooky and shit, and it's a slasher film. It's not too bad. Did pretty good on the street to DVD market, so they're like, hmm, let's go buy other films that has nothing to do with scarecrows and slap the name Dark Harvest on it. And that's what we have here with Dark Harvest 2, The Maze, which has nothing to do with the first Dark Harvest, has nothing to do with Dark Harvest 3, which has nothing to do with Dark Harvest 1 and 2. Oh, so wait, wait, as I back said, up.
1: Let, explain this again. So the Dark Harvest that we reviewed, this is not yep. a sequel to that? This is
0: not the Dark Harvest shot on video films, which also has a Dark Harvest 2, which came out. But this is a whole other series. This so is, is there a th-
1: Dark Harvest 1 to this one?
0: yes but that the Lionsgate in 2000 a year before this released dark harvest one and that has a scarecrow on it and it's a slasher film and it takes place in cornfields and it's your typical straight to dvd slasher film and that movie did so well that they bought all these other films that has nothing to do with the series you know they pulled up Uh, fucking hellraiser but it's way worse than that so they pulled all the fucking movies that had some sort of cornfield feel to it and they slapped the dark harvest name on the front of it and they put the scarecrow guy on the front cover but the scarecrow guy's not even in the fucking movie whatsoever he's not even in the fucking movie and they call it dark harvest 2 To try and fucking make some money. And then they made a Dark Harvest 3. And they put the same fucking Scarecrow on the cover in that film. And guess what? He's not in the fucking movie either. So these motherfuckers are going around releasing these films that have nothing to do with the original Dark Harvest film and calling them sequels. And they are motherfucking cocksuckers because they make me sit through an hour and 40 minute piece of shit fucking movie that has some insanely long scenes that could be cut down in half. And they would have the same fucking impact, and it's just absolutely horrendously bad acting, and the pacing, like I said, is complete and utter jack fucking shit. And there isn't even a fucking scarecrow. So we follow this father who is trying to track down. I'm gonna try my best to explain the narrative because there really isn't one. Is this father who tries to track down his two daughters who get trapped in this haunted corn maze? By some like spirit thing. Uh, I think they're trying to get across it. They were captured. They're stuck in this corn maze and they're trapped. Being haunted down by these two other girls who got trapped in this corn maze a year earlier or something like that I think is what they're trying to get at. And it's just this is his dad walking around this corn maze trying to find his two daughters and it's insanely stupidly long takes and things like that and he's <laughs> fucking an awful actor so I don't even want to watch him in the first place. And then the killer shows up like an hour into the film, and it's not even a fucking scarecrow. It's just a dude in a fucking suit trying to look like a scarecrow. But guess what? He doesn't even fucking end up killing anybody pretty much. So this is a whole big waste of fucking time. This movie is fucking awful. Everything about it is trash. Is it the worst film that I've had to review from Mikey Fisher? Absolutely not. But it's just – it's. oh, my god. It's directed (laughs) – Written, produced, and starred by this guy named Bill Cowell. So when you know when you're watching a movie that's directed, written, acted, produced, and everything else by the same guy, you know you're going to get some horrible piece of shit fucking movie. Oh, and guess what? His wife is the other lead fucking girl in this movie. So you know what kind you're going to get. This is a complete and utter disgrace, trashy fucking movie that has no other reason to be on this earth. It sucks. I give it a 1 out of 10.
1: Wow, a 1 out of 10. You know, I've had that film in my collection for years, and I've never watched it.
0: Well, don't, <laughs> because it has no Scarecrow in it, even though it has a Scarecrow on the front fucking cover of it.
1: That's the worst, man. Uh, like it's just a
0: collection. cash grab, man. The movie sucks.
1: Why? Why is it so hard to make good killer Scarecrow films?
0: Because it was 2004 and the stuff that was coming out was complete garbage.
1: Nah, that's not true. There was a good I stuff. mean,
0: it's, pre- it's pretty much true. No,
1: 2004 was a great year. You had Butterfly mm. Effect. Mm-hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I can't remember. <laughs> Alright. Um... Horror
0: films. We have Saw. Well, that was 2003. The Grudge. That was also 2003. Dawn of the Dead Remake. Shaun of the Dead. Ginger Snaps 2, Resident Evil 2, Sea of Chucky, Anaconda 2, I think that's Anaconda 2, Blade 3, Fan uh, Helsing, The Toolbox Murders Remake, yeah, Trash, oh yeah, and Cube Zero.
1: Yeah, there wasn't that many good ones. But <laughs> there was some decent ones. Satan's little helper. Um, anyway, so... My Patreon pick for this week uh last one of the month actually for me. Yep. Um, besides the I didn't get video, any. They only got three. I got five, but three of them were intruder. Yeah. <laughs> so um, there we have uh, Sisters 1972. De Palma. De Palma. And, Good stuff. Uh, let me just say off the bat, Moods has said that this is De Palma's best
0: film. Oh, the war movie is his best movie.
1: The war movie?
0: Yeah, that war film that he did with uh, Sean Penn and Michael J. Fox.
1: Casualties of War? Yeah. You've seen it? Yeah. You think that's his best film?
0: Mm, yeah, this care. I mean, uh, Sisters in that film, yeah.
1: Huh. Okay, so I don't think this is his best film. Uh, nor do I think Casualties of War is his best film. Although I think Casualties of War is better than this film. Um, so this film follows uh, a woman who is on a date. Uh, she brings her date back to her house. Um, they hook up next morning. Um, she is in the in another room arguing. And the dude's like, hey, what the hell? And she's all like, hey, that's my sister. You know, um, we're arguing. And he's like, oh, it's, she's like, it's our birthdays today. And he's like, oh, OK. So he leaves. He goes and gets him a cake, comes back, and he gets murdered yeah. um, by the sister. Uh, and then we find out that across the way, in like a very Hitchcock style, we have a woman who is, I think, an investigative reporter, journalist, something like that. Uh, and she sees the murder. She calls the cops. She then brings the police there. They don't want to believe her because she has wrote a bad story about like crooked cops or something in their precinct. So they're like, ah, yeah, whatever. They get there. Um, they The woman and um, someone else uh, I actually forget who it was. Um, but they clean up the mess, you know, hide the body on the couch and they kind of get away with it. And uh, then it's basically the investigative reporter trying to uncover this murder if you will and there is some important things that goes on with these sisters and sort of their backstory so um, I did really like this film I'm not not saying that it's not a great movie because it is I'm just saying that in terms of the Palma I probably put this at the bottom that I've seen but I haven't seen a ton of the Palma um I've seen Scarface Carrie Casualties of War um what else has he done Jeremy You're, you know him
0: Mission Impossible uh Raising Kane, uh that uh the one with Nicolas Cage and Fagus. um
1: okay so I've not seen any of those <laughs> yeah
0: I forgot I forgot the name of it Snake Eyes that's the name of it um and then he did Black Dahlia
1: yeah, I've seen that one. I, I would actually put that at the bottom. Phantoms of Paradise. Not seen it.
0: Uh I think that's it.
1: Yeah. So, um I mean I Oh, I, uh Carlito's Way. Yeah, I've never seen that. Um Sisters, uh Carrie, I've seen Blowout. That was the other one. I really yeah, like blowout. blowout. That yeah, was somebody somebody gave me that one for a um review on here actually so That's pretty band, good i named
0: all those off the top of my head
1: yeah blowout blowout was really good one of my one of my favorites i would probably say carrie's my favorite um then probably casualties of war or blowout and then probably scarface
0: yeah scarface it's, is overrated
1: it's like a one like i don't love it like other people do but it, it's amazing but it's not something i watch ever and ever again you know yeah um, but yeah, so this movie, you know, I think that this one is, um, really good. I, I could see where it comes, like a lot of Hitchcock influence. Like, I don't know what people say about this film. I actually haven't read into it, but I, w- I would say that people probably compare it to a Hitchcock film a lot. As, mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Um, and I think that although at the time it was probably like super genius, I think I've seen so many films and you know TV shows like this since then that it didn't have – Yeah, but yet to remember, this was me. early though. I know. It was 72. Yeah. I, I understand that it was early, but I'm saying like I didn't have the impact of like the reveals. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So um, mm-hmm. it wasn't as like impressive. I, I really liked more of the um, like voyeuristic nature of it where it's like – this woman sees this murder across the thing. I like that, you know, that rear window-esque type thing, Um, which is funny because I'm mentioning Hitchcock now. I just got that awesome Hitchcock Blu-ray set that I'm going to start digging into. I might bring it up as a segment, like a journey through Hitchcock, even though it's not 100% horror, you know. It's master suspense, so whatever. I was going to go through that whole box. It has a
0: lot of of other films, too, that's not even in there.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, that's a good start, though, because I had mentioned that... I've only seen like two Hitchcock films mm-hmm. and that's a travesty by this point, right? Like that's really wrong of me. Yeah. So I feel like I need to change that and, you know, start going through. I want to see lifeboat too. And, and all those other ones, but watch
0: the lodger. That's lodger. the one that I reviewed during my marathon this year. That was his third film. No, uh, it's really good. Good silent movie.
1: Yeah. So this film, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't know if this is considered horror, obviously 1972, that's a year that we're tackling uh this next top 10 um this would probably be a contender if it's considered horror i guess that's up to each individual host i mean imdb titles it um sisters is a 1972 american psychological horror slasher film
0: i think it's a horror film
1: okay so it it counts for horror um the horror comes from like like one or two moments but it's it's not it's more like thrilling to me and like suspenseful I really don't know what to say about it, though. Um, like, I think a lot of it comes from the reveals. You know, the, the slow progression of this person finding out more about these sisters. Um, I, I don't really know how to go into that without, you know, straight up spoiling it. I, I know that this film will get talked about again uh, once that show comes about. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was good. But... I wasn't blown away, I guess. Do you have mm-hmm. anything to say about it?
0: I haven't seen it in like two years. I know, I know so. that
1: you like this film, right? I haven't seen
0: it in like two years, so I don't really remember it. I have to rewatch it for the 72 show. It's been a long time.
1: Yeah. The, the ending, you know, the ending gets kind of crazy, a little crazy, like what starts mm-hmm. happening at the end and stuff like in the hospital and all that. Yeah. But, That's again, I I can't really go into it. So I just ended that, you know, it's, I don't want to push the review if I don't have much more to say about it, but yeah, it's, it's a good movie. Um, I'm kind of, I'm, I, I guess honestly it was a little overhyped for me. Um, Mm -hmm. but that's unfortunate. I I mean, no matter what I do plan on watching it, It, like this will be one of my one rewatches for the, uh, 19, um 72 show. Like once we get to that point where it's like a week out, I will rewatch this one. Um De Palma is interesting because uh he reminds me of Cronenberg in a way, where I'm never in love with his films right away. Uh mm-hmm. like Cronenberg almost every movie I've seen from Cronenberg I've liked way more on Rewatch. Like I just rewatched um Rabid, which was the one that was on the Joe Bob marathon yeah, liked it so much more the second watch.
0: Did you watch it with Joe Bob, or did you just watch? it I watched
1: it with Joe Bob again, but I watched it by, without the live stream, obviously. I'm going um, to Joe Bob. I can't wait. I, I I wanted to go through and rewatch all the Joe Bobs that we did. Well, they're taking days.
0: the Prowler off. Really? In ten days, he said on Twitter today. Oh, no. I guess they only have the rights for like ten more days or something. Do you
1: have those? Can you find? I could those? get them. Yeah. Because I would like to have those. Yeah. I have some of them. Um, Yeah. So anyway, um, but Cronenberg, um, I remember I watched uh, – what's the – The Dead Zone? And I was like, yeah, that was all right. Dude, I loved it the second watch. I was like, this thing was – like, I loved The Dead Zone so much the second time I watched it. Um, Same thing with The Fly. Like, the first time I saw The Fly – I was like, oh, yeah, it was cool to fly. Like, I seen it when I was a kid.
0: You Did seen Video Violence? Video
1: Videodrome?
0: Videodrome, sorry.
1: Yes, I liked Videodrome a lot the first time I watched it. But I've only seen it one time. Too. Naked Lunch is good, too. Yeah, Cronenberg is pretty damn good, honestly. Um, yeah, Crash cool. is one I wanted to rewatch because I liked it the first time I seen it, but it was just really bizarre. It's um, a weird movie. Yeah. Sisters, um, I gave it an 8 out of 10.
0: Eight out of ten. All right, moving on for me. My last pick, some film that came out last year, did not make my top ten. It's still a very good film. That is Mr. Lars von Trier's *The House That Jack Built*. Now, Mr. von Trier is one of the few directors that I've seen their entire filmography. I've seen every single one of his films, at least the ones that you could see that are in English or have English subtitles. All of his old dogma stuff and uh you know all his stuff that he's directed in this century so far you know he's changed his tone back in the days pretty a pretty normal filmmaker he had some experimental things going on in his in his 80s and 90s stuff but he was pretty a normal narrative telling filmmaker and then with antichrist he started to make some more experimental and and uh you know extreme films and he's kept that that tune for his last four films with uh, Melancholia and uh, Nymphomaniac, and now this film. So he, he he's now known, at least with this generation, of being a, a filmmaker who pushes the boundaries with his narrative. So I was very excited to watch this film. I was hoping to wait out for the director's cut to come out, but you know I was talked into it by Moods and JP to check this one out. For the year end show.
1: Yeah, so, and it didn't even make your top ten list. That was surprising to me.
0: No, I liked all the other films that I had on my list better, but it's not a it's still a really fantastic film. I think um, out of the four films that he's released so far this century, I mean it's probably his second best film behind Melancholia, but it's 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 pretty good, you it's, know. It's it's
1: a, it's a twenty two shots hall of famer.
0: It is a twenty two shots hall of famer. And, you know, he breaks up Nymphomaniac and Melancholy even in a very similar way with these chapters. Nymphomaniac, he breaks it up into, of course, uh, these sexual partners that our main character has throughout her life. And this film's breaking up into these five chapters of this serial killer uh, played by Matt Dillon, who does an amazing job. And, um, you know, we see the – Downward spiral of the mind of a serial killer. It's shot very large like I said, very Fontrier the way that it's uh, narratively paced, and and you know it has all the all the typical things that we see in his films. You know, especially ending. It's very Fontrier, like uh, you know the the slow mo shots and and his depiction of hell. Very Fontrier. You know, it, it just screams his his mise en scène, as you would like to say. So, um, you know, I. I appreciate this movie for having a a really interesting narrative. You know, it's hard to do a serial killer film and especially when we spend so much time with the serial killer. And when you think about this film really isn't too violent. I mean, they have some, I it's mean the, when you really think about it, it's stuff, not – yeah, it's, I think it's the kid stuff that makes this film is, – is what going to make people remember this film. Nymphomaniac has one scene that everyone talks about being extreme that's going to be remembered with that film. And uh, Antichrist, of course, has that scene as well in that film. So it's always this one scene with him that has <laughs> a a, a – a, that cements the legacy of that film. You know, it's kind of his thing that he has one shocking scene. But when you really watch it and you really think about it, the film really isn't that uh, violent or that, you know, even that hardcore compared to some other films that we watch and we've reviewed on the show. You know, it's really more of just... We're in this mind of this killer and what makes him tick and do these kind of things and how this motherfucker so lucky that he does these things and he gets away with it. Like, you know, they talk about it, you know, him dragging the body Dude, of the when that girl happened, in the second was like, story. Cool. Was like, and then oh it rains God. and all the evidence and all the evidence, you know, rains away. It's like this, these things that he's so lucky. And then at the end, when he finally gets caught and he ultimately gets killed, well, he does get killed, you know, it's caught.
1: It, because he lose, like he just yeah. loses track of his loses sight essentially
0: yeah well yeah he, he goes into a downward spiral of absolute insanity and you know he's so focused on one thing that everything else but he's like that in the entire film where he has this he he just gets lucky you know with the with the cop in the fourth story with his girlfriend you know he totally could have got caught there could have got caught in the second story could have got caught in even in the first story so he's just it's just the one time that he he loses focus because he's so focused on this brutal kill of sniping through all these people with this bullet that he just loses focus and that's what ends up making him you know I don't know if he kills himself or he gets killed by the police it's one of the other two things but you know he, he ultimately dies but i just think it's a really a really fascinating film uh that we that is hard to pull off uh especially if you don't have a good actor so i really did enjoy it i think it like i said is this probably his second best film out of the four that he's directed so um I've
1: never this it's is my good. first film of his i've owned antichrist now I'll probably get it is for freaking Patreon since I said that. Um, okay. I've owned, uh, the criterion antichrist is actually the f- second criterion I ever bought. I bought two of them in a sale, mm. never watched it. Um, but yeah, that's, I loved house the Jack built, dude. I thought it was so creative and honestly, it was one of the more refreshing films I seen last year mm-hmm. as in just like pure uniqueness. It, it felt like, a, uh, just very fresh you know the way that they handle the each incident and the the humor that's there but also just the you know uncomfortableness that you get from from the story and what's happening um all the way up till the awesome end like i think the end i liked I think that some people are going to not like the end and then those Yeah, people... but you,
0: it's people who has not seen five films. Like watch his other – like I said, watch Antichrist, watch Melancholia, watch Nymphomaniac. They all have s- insanely similar endings like mm-hmm. this film. The, it's shot like all four of those movies. So I mean I, I understand people aren't going to like it because it, it does this kind of end. And uh, it doesn't have like the most amazing conclusion, but it makes sense for the character See, path that, that this, this character great, goes. You know, that, yeah, I'm
1: I'm different. Where I thought that it was really cool to go there, you know, yeah, to, to say to go in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they kind of go into the the way they um, get to that is different, mm-hmm. and like I think a lot of people were like, "What the fuck," you know, because it kind of mm-hmm. takes the film into a different. Um, Territory. supernatural yeah. territory <laughs> not necessarily supernatural yeah. but just different mm-hmm. uh even visually it's like all of a sudden it's like okay well this isn't this is like breaking like yeah. real reality mm-hmm. um so yeah I, I mean obviously it was my number two it was mids number two i think it was like carly's number three or two or something yeah so, um i give it
0: nine out of ten it's good stuff
1: nine out of ten wait a minute didn't you start your list with eights eight and a halfs so why'd you keep this off?
0: Because I liked all the other films better. Oh,
1: okay.
0: I pulled the moods.
1: You did pull moods. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. House the Jack Bill. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's it's. You I should be able to that, get the
0: unrated cut sooner. Yeah,
1: and I will point. check that out when it comes out. But I'll tell you one thing: that movie is long, but it honestly ripped by for me. I was so into it.
0: I think that was like Lost Highway. did that it it, it moved that mm-hmm. pretty good. It did verify by pretty good. I have a feeling you're not going to like that movie. I'm curious to see what you're (laughs) going to say about it.
1: All right, so with that said, then it's time.
0: Let's talk about Lost Highway from 1997, directed by – I almost said Richard Richard, Lynch. Who the
1: fuck is Richard Lynch?
0: Yeah, who the hell is that guy? I almost said his name. I have no idea who he is. David Lynch, and that is Lost Highway.
1: This is my David Lynch cherry, I believe. (laughs) I don't think I've really? seen <laughs> How
0: have you Lynch? not seen any Lynch films? You <laughs> haven't seen any Fondreer movies. I like,
1: haven't seen any Hitchcock movies.
0: And this is a weird one to watch first too. But um, it, it, it doesn't really set his aesthetic style. But um, let's get into a narrative we follow. After a bizarre encounter at a party. A jazz saxophone is, is framed for the murder of his wife and sent to prison, where he inexplicably morphs into a young mechanic and begins leading a new life. And I just want to say right now,
1: since hold on. This First is lich, of all, I, I think that okay. before you say anything else, I think you need to apologize for your dumb actions last week.
0: Why would I do last week?
1: Didn't you say this was his last directorial? Film? I know.
0: I already said I was stupid. Okay, I said so on the Facebook page.
1: Yeah, the listeners haven't heard you.
0: Oh. Well, I'm stupid. I said this was his last film. It's not his last film. Of course, he directed some Disney movie after this. I've never seen from – I think it came out in 99. It's a kid's movie, which is very weird that he directed a kid's movie. But he also directed and Drive. Which in, is like
1: – a lot of people talk about that one, right? So that's – Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, the Straight Story is the film that he directed for <laughs> for Disney in 99, which is like a G kids film. Then he directed Maholland Drive. Uh, it was first a TV movie, and then it came out as a feature in 2001. And then he finished that off with Inland Empire, and that was his last film. So pfft, I was too off. The but... only
1: thing I've ever seen by him was the first episode of Twin Peaks, which is like an hour and a half long.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like a so movie. I just so since this is a David Lynch film, it's pretty much impossible to talk about without spoilers. So there will be spoilers in this review. I'm going to be spoiling the shit. I'm going to be thinking what I think hmm. is going
1: on. I was unaware that we were spoiling.
0: Well, I'm going to be spoiling it. Okay. So I'm going to give my explanation right now about so, what So Wait a hat. minute.
1: Um, if you are listening, go check out Lost Highway and come back to this episode. Or we'll see you guys next time. And, uh, you know, we'll see. You don't know, <laughs> we'll want to do it that time. way?
0: <laughs> you want to do it that way or no? What's that? It's okay that we give spoilers or no? Yeah,
1: that's fine. Sure. Why not? I just think
0: it's impossible just, to talk about without talking about what
1: you think I think it's impossible to talk about because I don't really know what to say.
0: All right, Bill Pullman, he's Hold this on, guy. Let me,
1: be, since you know more about this movie and you know more about Lynch films, let me start off. Mm-hmm. So I didn't read anything about this movie. I didn't read any reviews. I didn't listen to anything. I know literally nothing, and I mm-hmm. did that intentionally. So – I don't know what the fuck this movie's about, really. I do. Like, I know it completely, so, and I
0: even figured it out when I was watching it. So
1: I think that this dude is with this girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's his wife, and then they're getting like threatening things sent to them, and they call the police and stuff, and then they go to a thing, and then she ends up dead, and it basically seems like she, he killed her, so he goes to jail. And then is that so? Like, he's in jail, and then it gets all trippy for a minute, and like there's lights and stuff. He's like got like headaches and shit. And then, um, then they let him out of jail. Nope, they don't so let him out. So,
0: Bill of jail. Pullman hates his This is the way I interpret it Bill, Bill Pullman hates his life. You know, he, he's a musician that's not really going anywhere, he clearly has a, a hard relationship with his wife. And you know, he I feel like he's not too attractive or too interested in her anymore and he he does murder her. A hundred percent. And
1: that's Patricia Arquette.
0: Correct. He does murder her. I mean there's no like no ifs or anything around it. He murders her, so he gets sent to jail. When he's in jail, he looks up and there's a there's flashes of light and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think in his mind he's picturing his life as this mechanic and you know, he pictures uh, Patricia Arquette as this beautiful woman you know yeah he, uh, okay, it's his so it's I, his life he's I, sitting I, it's in a jail fantasy. just correct
1: okay that's kind of what I was thinking that that but I I just thought like okay so he so, so that's so that's not so he's not picturing himself as this mechanic he's picturing a different person
0: no he's he's picturing his life as this mechanic who's good looking. He's, he's good at something, oh, you know, sorry. he, he has a girlfriend that he's attractive to, you know, an ex girlfriend he's attracted to. He has supportive parents and all this kind of thing. It's, it's who he wished he was. Yeah. And he clearly wasn't, you know, that attractive to Patricia Arquette as his wife. So he dreams her up as this sex symbol and, you know, a much more attractive version wow. of his wife. And it's, it's not until, all these things go down at the end of the film and he meets the man with the movie camera that he he snaps back into reality and he and all the things go down towards you know this it's all a fantasy it's all in his mind of what's going on all leading up to him getting put to death but it, it, the whole second half of the film is is this complete what he wishes his life was uh, until he truly realizes that maybe this life wasn't all that it meant to be when we see him at the end of the film with uh, Robert Blake and uh, Mr. Eddie.
1: Yeah, okay, so I, okay. <laughs> yep. The, the, this movie is, okay, so like, what the fuck? So he, he's dreaming that he's like, Oh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be like this handsome, good-looking dude, and I got this girlfriend and all these friends. He, this is stuff. what his
0: wish, his life was.
1: So, like in his head, he's like, "Oh, yeah." I'm j-, the moment he starts thinking about it is the moment that in the story that we're seeing, uh, they're like, "Hey, what the fuck? This is uh, this guy's not the right guy that's in jail, so we let him go." Uh-huh. Um, I think that's and all. And that's it's supposed fine, too. to be like letting you know as the viewer. That, like, this is fantasy at this point. This is correct reality. But it's done Because
0: in, it's like, how would somebody else get in that cell like that? Yeah, you it know? doesn't
1: make sense on purpose. Correct. correct. Like, you're like, oh, that's impossible. It's impossible because it's not real, is essentially what's going on there. Oh, okay, I see. See, I'm learning things. It's making more sense now that you broke it down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, now, the one thing that's weird is, like... So, he's dreaming of not only a like fantasy world where like i got the hot chick and you know i'm i'm a good looking dude and i got friends and supportive parents and stuff but he's also almost dreaming it in like a childlike um adventure almost like where he starts like seeing this crime boss's girlfriend Mm-hmm. So because it's, like
0: it's like it's exciting it's exciting because he's going around this huge powerful man uh i i don't think he's I think as a character, he doesn't. He, I at least think he didn't really have a strong father figure growing up. See, so I that's think...
1: unfortunate that you almost don't know. Like, it it almost would have benefited if you knew a little bit more about him before he starts, uh-huh. fantasizing. But yeah, so he's it's he, it's not. It's almost like he's looking at it like a, um, you know, like a like he's reading a, a, a like a noir story or something. You know, like he's adding all these elements of like deception and you know stuff like that and like murder and crime and and shit to his story to like spice it up he's not just like oh I want to be rich and have a hot wife you know mm-hmm. <laughs> it's more like it's more entertaining or more um, stimulating to picture it as this uh, you know this this series of, of uh, cool scenarios mm-hmm. um, dude one thing I'll say is that <laughs> when that fucking guy Hits the coffee
0: table. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's an awesome effect, dude. It's amazing.
1: Like, what the fuck? Dude, his saying The coffee table splits his head.
0: It's amazing. Uh, it's a fucking fantastic effect.
1: So, one. I have a question for you. How the fuck did, did like was this in the theater? Yeah. How the fuck did, did David? If if more of his movies are like this, how do all his movies are like this? How did how did he make get movies made? I feel like he's an art would house like director.
0: This. He's an art house. He's a legend for a reason.
1: I know, but what, like,
0: like this movie bombed. Like it didn't make oh, any well, money. Good, it, was,
1: I, I it, was, it was I would have been. was it was
0: it was critically panned. Like nobody got it. But uh, as the film came out and more people watched it and realized what was going on and dissected it and thing, it, it became a really popular. F- it's a very popular cult film. A lot of people like it. Uh, you know. I feel
1: like now that you told me that if I watch it again, I might like it more cuz I really wasn't that I th- I I thought it was cool. One thing that I liked about it was it like I liked the music and just like the cool look to the film and the characters and like Patricia Arquette's all hot and like I don't I'm not even really attracted to her, but they make her look like they they make you think that she's super attractive and hot i mean she's she is hot like she's a good looking woman and stuff but i'm not she's not like my cup of tea but the way they portray her they make you think that she's even more stunning you know so i i like that but i i almost need to i feel like i need to see this one again to really understand it because i didn't i'll be honest like i didn't really get it
0: Mm -hmm. i figured you you wouldn't get it i I was going into saying he doesn't it's a hard movie
1: to get i feel like on your first watch I'm surprised you uh-huh. got it. Did you get it on your first watch? You like understood what was going on? Uh
0: a little bit. Not too much this time around. It's been a few years since I have seen it, but I just I just like you know, they're they're talking and uh, you know, when him when uh you know the mechanic and Patricia Arquette are you know I think the moment that he snaps is when she they're fucking i think it's the last time they're having sex and she says you'll never have me and that's when he snapped because they were in the the house and the desert at this point and i think when he says when she says you'll never have me is when he snaps and returns back to his old self because it reminds him of yeah
1: but he doesn't he he snaps wait he returns to his old self in in that situation though not in the jail in that fantasy
0: in that fantasy, he 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 snaps back to his old self because that reminds him of his old life with his well, wow, now with his Wow, that's fucking weird, life.
1: man. Yeah, that, that honestly, it makes me want to really see it again, just because like I almost probably didn't appreciate like some of the stuff that's in it, like like the, honestly, the story in general, like I don't know if I necessarily like that, but at least is interesting. It's it's totally art house, right? I mean, it's like it's is art house as you get. Yeah. Um, telling a story like so unconventionally. Uh mm-hmm. but what what was up with the part where it was like there was she he sees the picture of both of the Patricia Arquettes? Mm-hmm. What was up with that? What's your explanation for that?
0: I don't know. I think it just goes back to this idea of one self compared to the other, but I I don't. I don't have an explanation for that. To be honest with you.
1: I need because to she see dis- somebody cause really she smart to break down this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's oh,
0: a you weird could, there's one, man. there's a bunch a bunch of articles written about it. I'm sure it there and is. Theory. It's a it, very it, dissected. Now, does, what, about, know, what about what
1: like, about I know that like people have said that like um, David Lynch has said like Eraserhead doesn't have any deeper meanings to it. Yeah. That does this. Or he... I mean, I
0: think this one has more stuff going on than Eraserhead, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's it's definitely one of his more bizarre and strange films, like which is kind of hard to say because all his movies are weird. But this one definitely is more weird and and, uh, and and different. Like I said, it's not really a horror film. It's a fucking noir movie, but it's still, it's still pretty good. How is I...
1: Blue Velvet?
0: Man, I haven't seen Blue Velvet in like a decade, but that's probably his most popular film behind your razor head
1: because uh that one's playing uh coming up here in march around here i was thinking about going to see it
0: yeah that's from 86 that's that's kind of more of a horror film but hmm, like I said, really
1: because i think that nobody counted it when we did our 86 show
0: yeah i could see that i mean dennis hopper's in it he's fucking awesome he's one of the main leads it's like i said it's probably his most popular film behind your head um i would check it out
1: it's, it, now, now this but you film, should watch you raise your head first now honest. this film isn't horror at all really
0: no nah, it's a noir film straight up. i out.
1: don't even really get the noir vibe though like what part is the noir
0: well the femme fatale is clearly uh in the first half of the film it's you know uh well and i guess in the second in both halves it's his ex-girlfriend i think it's the femme fatale a little bit well,
1: what, trying to what qualities of femme fatale does she have
0: uh, I don't know. That's just the way I saw it. I I I, I just yeah, feel I know, like it what has.
1: Is... I, I mean, the visually, I can see the noir comparisons. Um, everything feels like sort of glamorous and shit, but like in like this cool, like windy way. I don't know how to really explain it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I don't know. Like, I didn't feel like the story was very noirish.
0: You didn't think that that. Patricia Arquette was a femme fatale with her, her, her sexy looks and her, uh, I mean, you know, if it, it's if, known if for you're her only
1: allowed to be, if, if it's, it's sexy, she, she,
0: she manipulates him in to one the T.
1: part, right? She manipulates to like murder. I mean, I guess, but I just don't, I don't know what the, where the noir narrative is other than Patricia Kett resembling a femme fatale.
0: Uh-huh. I just think it's so interesting that we have... A fucked up character that even in his fantasy, his fantasy ends up getting just fucked up as his real life is.
1: That's interesting. Like he can't, Saying he can't even have, way, he can't even cool. have
0: like a fantasy that's like normal. Even his fantasies fucked up. Yeah, it's like
1: it's it's it's. You're a failure, very, bro.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, it's a very interesting movie. You know, it's it's no, It has I, a lot of like stuff. you said that on. you didn't
1: think I would like it. It wasn't that I didn't like it. It was just that I didn't get it. But now it's, I like it more actually now that we've talked about it because I didn't see mostly anything that was explained to me. So, like, now that it's explained to me, uh-huh. I like it a lot more and I look forward to it. And I'm not going to watch it like tomorrow or anything, but yeah. the next time I see it, I feel like it's probably going to resonate with me even a lot more because mm-hmm. of the, you know, quality. Uh, of the film obviously but also just knowing that that I, I might pick up more things you know and, and maybe take away a little like, bit i just wish
0: that we then. dive into more at least with my understanding of film of what the mystery man's purpose is in the movie like I, I i think that it's some kind of Now,
1: is the mystery man the dude with the weird face
0: yeah with the camera i just feel like he's there to try and piece together the dilemma that's fred's having in his mind about what's you know trying to pretty much to save him or you know or help him piece together what went wrong in his life to help him but i really don't fully understand his contribution to the film you know he has such a, a prominent part at the ending and even in the beginning you know he's also in the beginning that i think that you know it, it, there's some kind of perp, you know a representation of his psyche that that character has to you know connect to because he's clearly a real person because he interacts with the guy the guy who owns the house in the beginning of the film so he has to be some sort of real person but i don't fully understand his connection to fred and and his psyche so i think as if i ever do watch it again that that's one part that i'll try to piece together but very uh very strange reminds me of hellraiser 4
1: we were watching this. You know what? Hellraiser four, oh, or Hellraiser, Hellraiser five? Hellraiser, Hellraiser five, five, so. and six, and it was just five and those, six. Or wait, which one was seven? Debtor, uh, that was Detter Hell.
0: I'm just thinking this was more like Inferno, Inferno and, and Hellseeker. Hellseeker.
1: No, no, Hellseeker De- and even Datter. Like all the, or at least those for Yeah, Datter and uh, or Hellseeker and um, Inferno. Inferno. Those feel very noirish. We didn't really yeah. mention that.
0: Yeah, I was watching them going, man. This weird? feels like Hellraiser five and six because <laughs> it has a very, especially Inferno, has a very like dream sequence uh, vibe to it. It's very prominent. I think those in that
1: Hellraiser era. films are so underrated now that I look back on them. <laughs> They're not uh, yeah. bad.
0: Five is pretty good. Yeah. I liked Inferno, but, but um, anything
1: ratings? else you
0: say on Lost Highway? No, not really. I
1: mean, it's it was hard for me to take in. I re- and you did say, you know, like, make sure you pay attention to it. So I did, like, turn off the phone and, like, actually pay attention to it, too, because um, I wanted to, you know, not fail. It feels yeah. like without moods here, we have to be on our A-game even more because <laughs> he can't pick up the ball when I slack and, uh, you know, didn't get a movie or something. But
0: I think I did a pretty good job is explaining what was happening, Yeah, I think.
1: Uh, so yeah i guess uh ratings time and i'll go first um i'll tell you i was at a seven Mm -hmm. uh but i'm gonna bump it up to an eight because of like that was a huge difference between what i thought of the film and then learning what it was about (laughs) so Mm -hmm. i'm at an eight
0: and like like i said you could go online and read stuff everybody has a different uh interpretation of what was happening but that was my interpretation You you
1: know what i missed dude the imdb message boards yeah man i used to learn so much from those damn message boards and you could like away. still
0: read the reviews and stuff you can still I know, learn but it,
1: like... it doesn't it's not as good yeah i wonder why they took those away man because of like the toxicity of them um like how like sometimes it would get like really toxic and just stupid but like i just think they needed better mods <laughs> yeah
0: well, I'd give it an eight as well, an eight. Uh, I haven't seen much Lynch in a long time, but, um, you know, it's, it's all his movies are solid. So yeah, if you're going to watch another one, watch Eraserhead first. I can't believe you still haven't watched Eraserhead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I said I was going to whenever we did the top 50 most influential films or no, the yeah. 100 greatest. I can't remember. One of those lists. I was like, oh, I'm gonna see every Somebody movie give that it I didn't to him for Patreon. There. I'd be fine with that. Yeah, it's good. Pick up the Criterion. It's awesome. I awesome. I did watch the Criterion version of Sisters.
0: Yeah, was the transfer good?
1: Yeah, it was good. It wasn't. Yeah. I don't remember it blowing me away or anything. But sometimes I'm weird. Like sometimes I forget to actually look. Like, hey, is the transfer good? <laughs> like I usually notice if it's bad. But yeah. Yeah, so that's another show coming to a wrap. Um, Yeah, buddy. Next week we'll be back. Don't (laughs) Don't say anything (laughs) yet because I'm not 100% sure on next week yet. Um, Why what happened? I will let you know after the show. Okay. (laughs) But, yeah, we may or may not have something for you guys next week. But we did cover all the Patreon that we said that we would, so I'm happy about that. Um, and then if we don't have a show next week, we'll be off the first week of February as well with the Super Bowl. Um, and by then we'll have a fresh new batch of Patreon, so I'm sure those will design our shows if Moods isn't back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then we'll do my pick because it's good. But all right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Volume 8 of the Mini Shots show. If you want to follow the man Moods himself, you could do so at YouTube.com slash Moods. Six one six. So as you can follow JP on his channel, youtube.com slash double J. You can follow me on my channel, youtube.com slash NES Ruler twenty two. Please join us on the Facebook page, Facebook.com search bar, twenty two shots Pod- of moods and horror podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash twenty two shots podcast. Got any questions? You could email us at the twenty two shots of moods and horror at gmail.com. That's twenty two shots of moods and horror at gmail.com. And that dude that sent ten voicemails in the past, we haven't forgot about you. <laughs> and you can send us. Any questions on Twitter at twitter.com slash 22 shots podcast, and please support the Patreon to get the sand sucked down in my vagina. Patreon.com slash 22 shots podcast. That should do it, everybody, for volume eight of Many shots. We'll maybe be back next week, or maybe we'll be back in two weeks, but we'll be back. So adios. Peace.